5: Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
6: Teleforce Productions and iHeartRadio presents Wheelwoman, Confessions of a Getaway Driver.
7: Good morning, Mr. Durante.
1: Would be better if I wasn't here.
7: Let's pick up where we left off.
1: Whatever you say.
7: How did you first meet your second husband, Joel (laughs) LaMondola?
1: He found me one night at Caesars 2, and apparently he knew something I didn't. Caesars 2 was the latest happening place on the west side. It actually used to be a cellar and had horribly low and musty-smelling ceilings that were covered in red burlap. It was a huge place, but hanging beads separated the various rooms, giving it a cozy feel. Many deals went down there, but many good times, too. One night, I was there with Sammy and Joey Tiabarelli, having some drinks and some laughs, when a man appeared from behind. I kept my eyes on Sammy as we continued our conversation, But I noticed as he pulled up a chair by the back to our table and sat down, straddling it. Sammy gave him a look. Finally, I turned. Even sitting, I could tell he was tall. And his unwavering dark brown eyes were focused on me. He didn't smile. He didn't speak for a while. He just stared.
0: I'm gonna marry you.
1: (laughs) Ha! Get serious. Sammy, who is this guy? Sammy didn't answer. He only shook his head. It was one of the few times I actually saw him look surprised.
0: I am. You'll see.
1: I didn't know what to say. The stranger raised his glass to Sammy.
0: Hey, Sammy. Salud. So, are either of you going to introduce me to this gorgeous girl? Joe, this is
8: Georgia Durante. You've probably seen her on TV and in the newspapers.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Weren't you on the cover of Upstate Magazine last Sunday? Yes,
1: I was.
8: That was a great article. Thank you. Georgia, this is Joe Lamondola, the owner of this joint. He's turned it into one hell of a gold mine.
1: I can see that. This is my first time here.
0: I know. You never could have gotten by without me noticing.
1: (laughs) I like your choice of bands.
9: Joe, I think we have a problem in the back room.
0: I'll be right there. Excuse me.
1: I have to say, something about him intrigued me. I watched as he disappeared into the crowd, but then I noticed Joey and Sammy watching me.
8: Uh Uh-oh, Sammy. Looks like our little Alice in Wonderland has eyes for Casanova.
0: (laughs) Beauty and the Beast is more like (laughs) it.
1: An unspoken rivalry always simmered in Rochester between the East Siders and the West Siders. I could tell Sammy wasn't a fan, and I figured that was the reason. I could have asked, but I sensed I didn't want to know.
0: Hey, what's this, B?
3: Got a round of drinks for you
1: on Joe Lamandola? Thank you.
0: B, bring me my tab, would you?
1: Okay, Sammy. I didn't see Joe again that night. I knew, based on Sammy's reaction, I probably should have stayed away. But even though we only talked for a few moments, I couldn't stop thinking about him. And he certainly had plans for me.
7: you see him next?
1: It was only two days later I received a call. Hello?
0: Hey, pretty lady. (laughs) Who is this? I told you I'm going to marry you and you forget me already? (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to say yes now, just know I'm, I'm ready to wait. I know a good thing when I see it.
1: I hope you're ready to wait a long time.
0: So where'd you run off to the other night?
1: Oh, we just did the Friday night ritual. The Blue Gardenia, Ben's, and breakfast. Mm
0: -hmm. Listen, you like the band we have playing, right? Yeah. You clearly have good taste in music, and I'd really like your opinion on something. I have to go to Buffalo Wednesday night to see a group I'm thinking of booking. Would you like to come with me?
8: Mm. (laughs) Mmm.
1: Well, are you planning on returning the same night?
0: No, but you'll have your own room if that's what you're worried about.
1: (laughs) Well, in that case, I'd love to go.
0: Great. I'll pick you up at noon.
1: I was worried he wasn't the type to actually take things slow, and I had a sense he was trouble. But there was something I couldn't resist. What was the harm in one night? I immediately made plans to leave Tony with my mother and started packing. Joe picked me up in his 1970 Stingray. My kind of car. And I was glad he wasn't scared to hit the gas on the 90 miles to Buffalo. You know, your brother Ronnie is a friend of mine.
0: How do you think I got your number?
1: Oh, I assumed you got it from Sammy.
0: Tried that route. He basically told me you were unlisted.
1: He's overprotective of me sometimes.
0: That's an understatement.
1: I didn't even know Ronnie had an older brother. Why haven't I met you before?
0: I've been in Boston for the last six years. I'm sort of the black sheep of the family. The one no one ever talks about. (laughs) So how do you know my brother?
1: I used to date a friend of his, Sammy Sapienza. I was about 14 or 15 at the time. Ronnie was the bouncer at the club Sammy took me to. He got me past the door without having to show my ID. And we just became friends over time.
0: Sounds like Ronnie.
1: Eventually, we arrived at the executive hotel.
7: The executive that was owned by Jimmy Constantino, right?
1: Yeah. And he literally rolled out the red carpet for our arrival. He left champagne and Joe's sweet, flowers, and mine. I was curious to meet him. I'd heard about what a powerhouse he was. That he was a young, good-looking guy climbing his way up. He sent a limo for Joe and I, which brought us to a quaint Italian restaurant where we had a wonderful dinner, compliments of Jimmy. After dinner, the limo took us back to the hotel where we were led to the lounge to hear the group. Come with me. Joe took my hand and we walked right up to the band who were in between songs.
0: Hey, boys, can you play In Paris? You got it, man.
9: I dream
0: you. Would you like to dance? Mm,
6: sure.
1: I was surprised how natural it felt dancing with Joe. We barely knew each other, but we danced like we'd been together for years.
0: You're gonna marry me, you know.
1: I'm barely divorced. I know. I'm not ready to jump into the fire again quite yet. Besides, it's bad enough being married, having a child, and getting divorced all before I'm 20.
0: (laughs) How old is your baby? Eight months. We'll be married by the time she's three. Is that long enough?
1: I didn't answer. I let him hold me close, and we danced for the remainder of the song. It was the perfect night, and I couldn't help but feel that tingle in my vulnerable young heart. The first pangs of falling in love. As the night ended, I was worried that he would make advances, but he acted like a perfect gentleman.
9: That's 25 percent off at lifelock.com/iheart. Identity theft protection starts here.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury, with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents, a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, this is John Ridley.
9: And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today, a lot of controversy.
2: National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
10: Hey guys, it's Rich Davis from Cavino & Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter what your style, you could drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.
7: Did you remain hesitant about getting into a relationship with Joe?
1: I tried to be, but he was hard to resist. Joe and I were soon an item, and he continued to whisk me off my feet. He was a flashy nightclub owner and always dressed and acted the part. He knew how to spend money and doors opened wherever he went. Maitre greeted him as though he were a king. He carried an undeniable aura of power. And I fell madly in love, dazzled by the illusion of Joe Lamondola.
7: The illusion.
1: Well, back then I didn't know it was only an illusion. When we started, we truly enjoyed each other's company, always finding something to giggle about. We felt connected beyond anything we could relate to on an earthly plane. We were happy together and utterly miserable when we were apart. Once, (laughs) we were separated by a snowstorm, and I was stuck in a photography studio only seven miles from home. But Joe refused to be apart. He searched until he found a kid with a snowmobile and paid him $100 to bring me home. When I got there, he had a candlelit dinner and wine waiting. We spent a warm, snowed-in, romantic evening together. But as much as I loved the time we spent together at home, I also loved that Joe took me out frequently, even on Fridays, which had always been deemed boys' night. On Saturdays, everyone took out their wives, but Fridays were usually reserved for girlfriends. We took many short trips, usually in search of good bands to book for the nightclub, and we were always treated like royalty. I felt lucky, had captured the heart of one of the most desirable bachelors in town. But he had also captured me.
7: How long before you were married?
1: By the time Tony was three, just like Joe predicted. I was madly in love, but he also made me feel safe. You see, as unhappy as I was with Tom, I was still scared about what the future held for a young, single woman with an infant. Joe seemed to understand that and worked to make Tony as big of a part of his life as he made me. I was surprised by how little trouble he had converting his bachelor lifestyle into that of a family man. But he wanted to make sure he was the only father Tony would know.
7: And what did Tom think about that?
1: For some reason... Tom didn't cause any problems. I'm sure Joe's reputation had something to do with it, but Tom was as lax about Tony as he was about himself. And Tony, just being a baby, didn't know the difference. She enjoyed the attention from wherever it came. And boy, did Joe lavish her with it. But there were moments when his true nature peeked through. One day, Joe and Tony were playing while I was making breakfast. Over and over, she climbed up onto the counter and jumped into Joe's arms. And he caught her each time, laughing alongside her. Look, mommy, 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 look. Be careful, Tony.
3: Gotcha. Again, 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 again. Come on.
1: But on her sixth jump, Joe moved away and let her fall.
0: Ah! Holy
9: Jesus. There, that'll teach you never to trust anybody.
1: I'm sorry, baby. shh, sh- you're okay, you're okay. That was sick, Joe. Fuck, how could you do that to her? Don't
9: challenge me on how to bring up a
0: kid. Maybe if someone did that to you when you were younger, you'd never have gotten raped. What? Yeah, exactly.
9: I'm not going to let her grow up to be as stupid as her fucking mother.
1: With time, I loved and hated Joe in equal measure. The more secure he felt with me, the more I fell under his spell, the more his dominant behavior and jealousy intensified. He said he wanted to shield me from any external influences, but I became his property. Men couldn't even look in my direction without a violent reaction from Joe. I started to change my own personality, careful not to attract attention from the opposite sex. To eliminate the problem, Joe started making me stay at home. We lived in an apartment above Caesar's, too. There wasn't any place where Tony could go out to play. No trees, no park, just pavement. I started to feel as if I had traded one prison, my marriage to Tom, for another. And from this one, there seemed no escape. Felt like a death sentence.
7: How did he get you to stay home?
1: It started with subtle manipulations. At first, his caring seemed genuine, guiding me in ways that appeared to be in my best interest. Eventually, though, he made all my decisions, and my independence completely crumbled. I wasn't allowed to associate with my friends, for my own good, of course, and eventually I even had restrictions on my own family. He forbade me to have contact with anyone who might open my eyes to the destruction of his domination. My opinions had no value. His opinions were law. But the thing is, I loved him. So I put up with his behavior, and my own self-worth was so malleable at the time. But even I couldn't pretend it wasn't getting worse. Soon, he became physically abusive.
7: Was he also abusive with Tony?
1: Never physically, but emotionally. Tony had turned from a happy kid, always laughing and playing, into a scared little creature. She was quiet as a mouse around Joe never knowing what to expect from him she became timid and withdrawn and I realized she had stopped smiling which made me realize I had been a bad mother as things got worse I began leaving her with my parents suddenly she was staying there more nights than not I started saying whatever it took to appease Joe when against my better judgment I occasionally attempted to demonstrate that I have a mind of my own he became infuriated
7: Did he act that way towards you around other people?
1: The problem was, Joe was able to manipulate everyone. No one could ignore Joe's presence in a room. Mr. Authority, he got off on holding court, expounding his theories and daring anyone to challenge him. If they did, he'd pounce. And he had an uncanny way of knowing others' secret fears, never passing up an opportunity to point out their shortcomings. I truly believe Joe enjoyed mentally mutilating people stripping them of their own self-confidence. He squashed them like insects without a hint of compassion.
7: Can you share an example?
1: I was allowed in the club less and less, and I always had to watch who I was talking to and make sure not to let anyone approach me. But one night, I was sitting with Joe and some of the guys after hours, and a cop strolled in confidently. Clearly, he was new on the beat. They all turned and stared as the cop sauntered up to the table.
8: Hey, look at this guy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: <fucking> belt. <laughs> look at his twirly little tail. Oink, oink, oink. Who are the bacon? Jesus Christ.
9: <laughs> <laughs> it's after two. So? Lock it up, or I'm gonna have to close you down.
8: <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell do you think
1: you are, Gunga Din? I couldn't believe he'd spoken to a uniform like that. But such was Joe. He respected no one.
9: You're breaking the law. Either shut it down or I'm going to have to cite you.
0: I'd like to see you go ahead and try.
1: The cop took out a notepad and scribbled furiously. He handed it to Joe, who ripped it up into little pieces right in front of the cop's face. Then, Joe showed him the door.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-QX80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
11: Hi,
2: I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Allison Bree. National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
11: Hey Doug Galib here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making the now perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Are you ready to
3: share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic The next
1: day, the officer was reprimanded and transferred out of the division. But it wasn't just strangers or people who dared to challenge him who Joe treated that way. He wasn't any better to his own family. I remember one night, he belittled his little brother Jimmy in front of his customers at Caesars 2. Jimmy was pissed, so he walked out, leaving Joe stranded without a bartender on a busy night. In return, later that night, Joe went to his mother's house and woke Jimmy by choking him. Joe told Jimmy that if he wasn't out of their mother's house by morning, he was going to burn all his clothes. Well, the next day, Joe found Jimmy's clothes still hanging in the closet. So he loaded them into his car, drove them to the nearest dump, and set them on fire. Jimmy came back to work the next night.
7: Did you tell anyone about this behavior or how he acted toward you?
1: It wasn't that simple. I was slowly being brainwashed and continually being convinced that I was worthless, just as Joe said. He had a knack of confirming all my fears and self-doubts, but people close to me could tell things were getting worse.
7: Were you able to continue driving during that time?
1: God, no. Joe wouldn't even let me leave Rochester for modeling assignments. He considered taking work in Buffalo too far. Trips to New York were impossible. I learned very quickly how to sneak around. I took jobs out of town and drove 90 miles an hour to get back home at a reasonable time. I even had Tony lying for me. Tell Daddy we stopped for an ice cream. Don't say we visited with Susie. If he asks, say we're at Grandma's. Only later did I realize how horrible it was to put that type of pressure on a child. But I was terrified, and soon enough, it wasn't even worth trying. The result wasn't worth the effort.
7: Was Sammy angry that Joe got you to stop working for the mob?
1: Sammy wasn't concerned about the work. He was concerned about me. He was protective of me, so yeah, he got angry.
7: But Sammy also never liked Joe, right?
1: No, he didn't. Because he knew him. Knew what he was like. But when Joe started getting abusive, Sammy really wanted to kill him. Even tried, in fact. After weeks of feeling cooped up at home, I decided to go out on a Friday night and enjoy the nightlife at Caesars 2 for a change. Tony was with my parents, so Joe couldn't use her as an excuse to keep me locked up. I dressed conservatively in an elegant pantsuit and walked downstairs. I sat at a vacant table and quietly took in the room, spotting Joe trying to accommodate the steady stream of high rollers. Hi, hon. Hi, B. You usual? Please. Say, where's the hostess tonight? Beats me.
7: Hasn't shown up. On a Friday night? Is she sick? Mm, could be, I suppose. But, as far as I know, she hasn't called in. It's not the first time she's pulled this either. I don't know why Joe hasn't fired her. Yeah. I'll be right back with your drink.
1: I knew why. He was sleeping with the hostess. I caught a glimpse of Joe across the room, beaming as he charmed a pretty brunette. I thought he seemed nervous, trying to play the host and keep an eye on me. But then I thought, maybe it was the other way around. Maybe he was nervous about me keeping an eye on him.
0: How's it going with you tonight, Georgia?
1: Just fine, till you showed up.
0: What the fuck is that supposed to mean?
1: I don't like being treated like a child, that's what. Why aren't you babysitting Frank Valenti? He's the one who needs a bodyguard, not me. What
0: the fuck's gotten into you tonight? You got your period or something?
1: Jimmy the Hammer Masaro. God, I couldn't stand him. I got up without another word and walked to the ladies' room. On the 50-foot walk, I was asked to dance several times and offered just as many drinks, but I knew to ignore them all, not even a no thank you. I'd seen too many innocent people not walk out the same way they'd walked in. When I returned, yet another undesirable Jean Di Francesco was waiting at my table with Jimmy. Who's guarding Frank tonight?
0: Don't mind her, Jean. She's just got the rag on tonight.
1: Hi, Jean. Hi, hey, Georgia. Do you know what, Jean? I don't think I've ever seen you smile. Do you? Ever?
0: Yeah. I smile.
1: When? I've never seen it.
0: When I hurt someone. When you get back from Boston, Gene? Yesterday, Mike the Fink is now a memory. Yeah? Yeah. He dropped dead while being strangled. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to go upstairs.
1: Hi, Joe. I don't want to go upstairs. I'm
0: too busy to watch you. Get your ass upstairs.
1: I'm a big girl, Joe. You don't need to watch me. I'm not going anywhere. You heard me. He discreetly pulled my head back by my hair. But he released me as Sammy appeared out of nowhere.
0: this table open?
1: For you it is, Sammy. Sit down. I have a babysitter now, Joe. I think I'll be safe.
0: Hey, Sam. How's it going?
1: Joe offered his hand. Sammy didn't take it.
0: Could be better. I'll be at the bar.
1: Joe, Jimmy, and Jean left us alone.
0: What was that all about? What was what? Don't play dumb, Georgia. You know what I'm talking about.
1: That was nothing, Sammy, really. He just doesn't like it when I exercise my brain.
0: How's he been treating you lately? Okay. So what's that bruise on your arm?
1: Oh, I must have done it on the car door yesterday.
0: You know, you sold yourself short with Tom, kid. Thinking you were spoiled goods. And you're selling yourself short now. You don't need to take this shit this asshole gives you. You're a special lady, Georgia. Everyone seems to know that. But you.
1: I love him, Sammy. But there are
0: times.
1: (sighs) Something in Sammy's expression was unsettling.
0: You going to the after-hours club tonight?
1: Oh, I don't think so. If you hadn't come along when you did, I'd already be upstairs, all dressed up, entertaining myself by staring out the window at the parking lot, watching who's cheating on who.
0: (sighs) Maybe that's for the best.
1: We sat there a little longer. I got up to say hi to my cousin Debbie at the bar. When we returned to the table, Sammy was gone. Debbie and I hung around and around three in the morning we headed for the after-hours club of Lyle Ave. Joe knew I had watched him in action with the ladies all night and he felt he needed to appease me. The club was an old rundown house in a commercial area that had been converted into a meeting place. It was well known as the spot where clandestine business was conducted. The boys were all there, except for Sammy G. Hey, Joey.
8: Georgia, what are you doing here?
1: What do you mean, what am I doing here?
8: Well, Sam said you weren't coming tonight. I'm just surprised to see you is all.
1: Joey, you remember my cousin Debbie, don't you?
8: Oh, sure, I remember Debbie. How are you, Deb? You guys want a drink?
1: Of course we want a drink, Joey. Why the hell else do you come to an after-hours club? The question is, what do we want to drink?
8: (laughs) Yeah, right. Hey, I'll be right back.
1: Seemed kinda edgy, didn't he? Who knows what weirdness goes on in their world, Dub? I've learned not to question it.
7: What's going
0: on?
1: Oh, shit. My fears were validated as I pushed through the crowd and into the kitchen. Joe was on the ground with five guys on top of him. My friends. Sammy was doing most of the damage. Every time Joe went down, someone smashed a foot in his face. Sammy had a glint in his eyes I'd never seen before as he threw punch after punch. Oh my God, stop it! Stop it! No, you kill him! You bastard! How could you
6: do this? Sammy, Joey, let me go! Please, please, don't kill him! Please, Sammy. what,
8: Georgia? Stop struggling! This motherfucker's got it coming!
6: No, Sammy, stop it! He's my husband! Just tell him to Kill stop, him, Joey, Sammy! Please. Please. Fucking kill him! No, Joe, stay down! Stop fighting back! You stop it! Get off of him, you animals!
1: These were no ordinary guys doing this damage. These were Rochester's fiercest, men who had made their living killing and mutilating. I loved all these guys and assumed the feelings were mutual. I didn't understand why they were doing this to me. I was terrified for Joe's life, and Joe kept getting up, but the punishment was severe. Finally, I broke through the human barricade and ran outside, gasping for air in the cold. I spotted a police car patrolling the alley. I wasn't thinking about the rules. I was hysterical, sure they'd kill Joe if I didn't get the help. The cops stopped. I knew him. It was a regular
8: on the club.
6: John! Oh, God, John! They're gonna kill Joe! You gotta help me! They're gonna kill him!
8: I'm sorry, Georgia. I can't help you.
6: Please, please help.
8: I'm sorry. I can't.
1: I realized it was a dead end and ran back inside. I froze when I saw Joe laying motionless on the floor. I thought he was dead and started screaming. Joey Tiabarelli pulled me back and I tore into him. Joey, how could you?
8: I had to, Georgia. I didn't have a choice. I'm
0: sorry. (laughs) Georgia, the asshole deserved it, the way he treats you.
6: Oh no, Sammy, oh my god, no. You didn't do that because of me? Please say you didn't do that because of me.
8: (laughs) We're taking him to the hospital.
6: Well, I'm coming.
8: No, you're not. Joe, uh, uh,
1: baby, are you okay? We're taking you to the hospital.
8: You stay here.
1: No, I'm going with you. Don't
8: argue, kid. We're going. I'll fucking call you, Georgia. Just just stay here.
1: He had five broken ribs and some internal bleeding, but he was okay. For a while after, things were actually better. Joe calmed down. But soon, as his bruises faded... So did his memory of it.
7: Why did Sammy stop before killing Joe?
1: I don't know. Maybe because I showed up. I probably should have let Sammy do it, but I couldn't. If only I knew I'd spend the next few years trying to keep Joe from killing me.
6: Wheel Woman is written by Lars Jacobson and Sabrina Jaglom, and directed by Sabrina Jaglom. Produced by Lars Jacobson and Sabrina Jaglum. Executive produced by Georgia Durante and Noel Brown for iHeartRadio. Wheelwoman stars Lelia Symington as Georgia. With additional performances by Tanner Beard, Zachary Weber, Simon Jaglom, Chase Mullins, Nick Williams, Gabe Greenspan, Dylan McCollum, Garrett Baer, Nora Garrett, Duncan Calladine, Victoria Foyt, Max Georgie, Mariah Bess, and Max Jacoby. Edited by Chris Childs with sound design and theme music by Chris Childs. Adapted from the book, The Company She Keeps by Georgia Durante. Wheelwoman Confessions of a Getaway Driver is an iHeartRadio production. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: International Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And any time is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
3: Ready to celebrate International Women's Day?